Welcome to Shutter Slam's Photography Tips with your host, photographer Craig Becta. Today's podcast is sponsored by Shutterslam.com. Hey everybody, how you doing? It's Craig Becta here, and welcome to the podcast. And today we have a special guest, Joel Grimes. Hey Joel, are you there? I'm here. Thank you. A lot of people don't know this, but Joel is actually my biggest photography inspiration, and uh, I partly started my YouTube channel because of one video that you did, Joel. The behind the scenes with Amy, that video. Wow, that's crazy. We use that as a template for our first few behind the scenes videos. And uh, so it's exciting for me to talk to you. But yeah, share some stories with us. Because I know um, one that you shared, it was really inspiring for me, was about, um, I think it was something about, are you going to let someone steal your dreams? Tell that story. I'm sure you tell it much better than I do. Well, mainly that started my very, very, very first portfolio showing uh, after I graduated from college. I was moved to Denver with a buddy of mine, and uh, he was uh, from Art Center in Pasadena. So he had a he had a, a real, I would say, a real photography degree. I was from the fine arts. Nothing wrong with the fine arts degree, but had nothing, that no preparation for the real world in terms of commercial advertising. And so I kind of followed his lead. He helped me build a portfolio. Um, I was all architecture at the time for the most part because I didn't have any strobe experience or portrait experience. And so... Uh, but my first, my very first portfolio showing was with, was with the creative director. And when I walked in, I was a little nervous and he, we sat down, he, he started to look through my, my portfolio, got to the, about the third uh, image, third board. And he, uh, basically, um, told me, uh, to go back to Tucson. So I was from Tucson moving to Denver and I had mentioned that to him. He said, uh, young man, uh, you, uh, you should move back to Tucson. And, and it was just a huge blow. I walked out of that, uh, that agency, um, uh, basically with tears in my eyes. And I say that, um, you know, I'm a, I was a macho guy, right? I was pretty tough, but I wasn't tough enough to take a, a rejection. And so when I got back to my studio, uh, my friend Steve was waiting for me, and he could kind of see the look on my face. He knew it didn't go well. <laughs> and so... And, I, and the drive home was only five minutes, but I'll tell you that from that agency to the studio... Um, I had decided that I was done. I was going to move back to Tucson. I was going to quit being a photographer, uh, become a fireman like my dad or whatever, you know, choose a different career. And, and when I told Steve I was done, he looked me straight in the face and, and kind of, uh, you know, stared at me and said, you're going to let one person steal your dream. And I said, yes. <laughs> he said, he kept repeating it. You're going to let one person steal your dream. He said it like 20 times. And then he said, you know, 10 years from now, you're going to, uh, even if you become a fireman, which is, again, nothing's wrong with that. You can say, you know, I studied to be a photographer, but one person stole my dream. And I thought about that and I thought, you know, he's right. You know, I, I was so weak, fragile, insecure. I didn't realize how, you know, how weak I was. But it was that, that rejection was the single most important thing I needed at the time in my life. Because what I had to do is I had to make a decision. Was I willing to be rejected and still chase my dream? Was I, was I willing to accept that rejection, which is going to, it's a guarantee it's going to happen, right? And was I willing to re reject it and to chase my dream? And I had to say, yes, I, I am willing to be rejected to fulfill my, my, my dream at being a photographer. And so it taught me a huge lesson. So I tell people that now that we're all going to face rejection. We're all going to face a uh, a, a, a meeting with someone who 
basically tells us to quit and, you know, we suck, uh, you know, and, and it's going to hurt. And so that's because I'm human. I don't care how tough you are. Rejection hurts. And so I had to learn that. So I, I got this long story that comes with that, that um, a year later I went back to that ad agency and I, instead of meeting with the creative director, I met with the art director and I ended up getting work from that agency. Uh, they hired me to do a campaign. I was doing all architecture at the time. The art director said, you know, I love your architecture stuff. Is it possible for you to put a mom, dad, and two kids on a couch in an interior and, and do a lifestyle shot? And I said, uh, buh, 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 sure. And I had very little strobe experience, uh, but I ended up doing that. So that agency launched my pay, my people career, my people uh, portrait photography career. So the agency that almost stole my dream ends up launching my people career. And that's what I do today. I'm a people photographer. So is that not kind of ironic that that is kind of a twist that happened in that whole story? So. Yeah, I sometimes, you know, as photographers, we do have days that don't go so well. And I think of that story um, and it keeps me going, which is, you know, so I, I kind of enjoy that. And I think other people find that inspiring. That's great. So one thing is your style is so unique. I know the first time I saw it, I said, wow, who is this guy? And I went to your website and then I, you know, I've watched every video that you've ever done. <laughs> and right. how did that all come about, though? Was it um, gradual? Like, how did you sort of stumble onto that? Well, so in, in the late 90s uh, into the 2000, I don't know, one, two, somewhere around there, oh, oh, two, one, oh, two, I was shooting Polaroid Type 55 large format, you know, four by five uh, uh, um, Polaroid negative film, right? So I was doing all black and white portraits with this big four by five camera. Um, and I was keeping the Polaroid edge as part of my treatment, you know, and I started uh, marketing that stuff on a national level. And it, it launched me literally from Denver to, to uh, ad agencies all over the world. And I, I recognized something at that point in my career that if I stuck with one look, a certain look, I beat in the ground and did it as good or better than anyone on the planet, meaning that my goal was to be the expert at whatever technique look that I had, that that's the best thing I could do as an artist. Instead of being a photographer that does everything, which I did at the time, I narrowed my focus to where I became um, an expert at one look. And then I branded that look, getting it out there every chance I could. And that, that look, I, you know, I build a lot of money with that look. Okay, national ad campaigns for Volvo, uh, Visa, I mean, you name it. I was doing uh, big ad stuff. Now, in the 2004, five, right around there, I could start to, well, th that look took its, had a, had, a, had a life. You get about a 10-year life out of a brand. And all of a sudden, the call started getting less and less. And I thought, hmm, I got I to gotta reinvent myself. Well, then you know that ad agencies really started having uh, problems in 2006. Um, and ad agencies, started, uh, ad agencies started closing their doors. And it was a tough time in the ad world. And budgets started being slashed. So what happened was I thought, well, I need to reinvent myself. Budgets are being slashed. So what? how can I make, you know, um, instead of having a crew of 15, you know, people on a, on a set taking an athlete or whatever it was, uh, a subject out on location doing this big, you know, shoot. 
how can I uh, save the client money? How can I how can I create a, a workflow that's going to meet the budgets that are being presented to me? And I thought, well, I can do it in two parts. I can shoot on a white suite. I can do the background, put the two together. Well, that's not easy. It's easy someone, you know, it's, it takes a skill to learn how to do that and sell the fake, do it well. And so I started practicing. I grabbed anyone I could. And then I came up with this edgy lighting that I, I just one day I thought I was the cross light for years. I thought I got to do I got to do something different. And really it was because I wanted to photograph athletes. I thought I need something a little edgier. So I started doing the three light approach so two edge lights and a one overhead light. And then I literally grabbed everyone I could and I started building um, a composites practicing over and over and over and then eventually started getting that work out there. And so it was really a, it was really a fallout from from uh, you know the shift it was digital uh, the budgets being slashed um, that I thought I could do it in two parts that really sort of built that look. And so once I got the look, I said, okay, this is a look I want. Then I just spent, when I say this, you know, 12, 15 hours a day, seven days a week for two, three years, just doing that every free minute I had. And that's what launched me really onto the level I'm at today and also in the teaching arena is that I branded a look. So people come up to me and say, um, I know your image. When I see it in, in, a, in a magazine, I, go, I turn, I say, that's a Joel Grimes image before they see the credit. And I say, even if they don't like the look, they know it's my image, right? And mm -hmm. I say, thank you. That's the single greatest compliment you could ever give to me because that's the goal I had. Now, I've had criticism along the way. People say, oh, the same old thing over and over again. And I have a big smile on my face and I say, you know, I know that when when photographers get bored, they want to move on, and they kind of start a look, and then they move on. They start another look, move on. They start. They do that for years, their whole life, and they never brand a look. And so it does take a little bit of, I guess, you know, well, it takes a lot of repetition, but tenacity in saying I'm going to stick here for a while to get this look to take hold in the marketplace, and. That's part of my personalities. I'm willing to wait it out, where a lot of photographers are not willing to wait it out. I know that if I wait it out, it will pay off huge. And so I, I and, and it's really from that Type 55 Polaroid, uh, seven, eight years I did that, to this look that I have now, which is about, you know, eight years, I know that if I, if I wait it out, I beat in the ground, it'll pay off huge. And so now... When, when, you know, I, people say, what's next? I go, you know what? I'm going to have to come up with a new look and I'm going to have to beat it in the ground and become an expert at it and do it better than anybody else on the planet. And now what, here's the, here's the craziest thing. This is no joke. People come up to me and go, doesn't that hurt you when someone else takes your look and, you know, and, you know, does it really well? And I say, actually, no, it doesn't. In fact, there are people that do the Joel Grimes look better than Joel Grimes. And that's Okay. Because I know that there's a life, it has a lifespan, right? I, I brought it out, got it out there, and I profited from it, and now i got to go and start all over again. And so I, I know that if someone's copying me and they do it better than me, that's fine. Because I'm ready to move on to the next thing, right? It's, it's a 10-year run. And so I'm now ready to move on. So, um, you know, that's, that doesn't hurt me at all. No, I kind of think of you as the Eddie Van Halen of photography. 
<laughs> but you know, if people are trying to copy Eddie, but then you really can't copy somebody though. And no, you, you know, can't. the people they, they do it better than me, and I say that because really, um, when, when you look at my style, and this is interesting, and I did this on purpose, and that is my composites are actually very simple subject, background. There's not a lot of other elements. I add a few birds here, maybe, and you know, a few things on occasion, I'll add a you know, an extra set of elements, but it's very, very simple. Now there's, there's photographers slash retouchers that do crazy retouching of, of, and bringing in elements that I look at and go, Oh my goodness. But they're spending days on a retouch. My attention span is about three hours on a retouch. So I've built a whole look based on my attention span. I can't do three day retouch. It, I would have to put a pistol to my head at the end of three days. And so I recognize that. So I, I know that if someone goes and takes my look, but takes three days to do a retouch and they're doing that looks a lot better than anything I could ever do. I say, fine, let them do that. I can't do that. Mine is a three hour retouch. Um, uh, and so that's the beauty of personalities is that if someone has the attention span of three days and they, they can go and do really crazy retouches, they're not, I, I'm not threatened by them or, or, or I don't feel like um, I, I need to say, oh, I need to start doing what they're doing because I know my personality doesn't allow me to do that. So where do you get all your ideas from? Because I see your backgrounds and I, I'm just amazed by them. And I'm thinking, wow, where did he come up with that background? And it all seems to work. Do you spend well, a lot I, of time doing that? Yeah. I, I wish I was really smart and I knew what I wanted to do 100% ahead of time. I don't. So what I do is I go out and I shoot backgrounds constantly. And so, and, and there's a lot of fun to that because you just have a tripod and a camera and you go and you, you know, I go, I speak in Kansas City, I get there a day early, I get a rental car and I start driving around finding cool stuff. And I just love it. Just nobody, you know, just me and my, my camera and I don't have to deal with people. And then I go out and I kind of get recharged. Then I go and I give my speaking and I get, you know, I love it. I talk to people and then I'm off to the next place. And so, the, the shooting backgrounds was sort of like my little bit of a recharge. It's I'm playing, but I'm not really, it's not too much. You know, it's not really work. It's just, it's just, it's fun. So I've built thousands and thousands of backgrounds over the last, you know, eight years. And so I have a library of them. And so then when I do a portrait, I go, okay, hmm. I thought I got an old garage door somewhere. I think it, I, I might look at my Kansas city files. I go back and look at it. And then I find that, you know, a really cool background, drop it in. I do all my little magic. I put it out there and people go, wow, you are brilliant. You had this all figured out ahead of time. No, I didn't. I just kind of play and I let it happen. And so I've even done this. I get a portrait. It's really cool. I'm like, oh, I need a background. So happens on my desktop, I just did a background HDR and it's sitting there. I had forgot to put it in the right slot file. And I go, oh, let me try that one. I drop it in. Hey, it works. And I'm happy with it. So it's not as thought out as most people think. So I know that you use um, like the 24 to 70 a lot for portraits. Are you still using that? Yeah, I like that lens for the studio. Um, 24, I, I'm drawn to a wider, a wider uh, millimeter uh, focal length on on on, uh, say, a full-frame uh, camera like I've got, 24, 28 is a great portrait uh, focal length for me. Uh, now, a lot of people say, how can you do that? You know, I was taught 50 to 100 millimeter was really, you know, the, the correct focal length. And that's true. And that, that, that's, 
if you're doing a model shoot, you probably wouldn't want to shoot with a 24 millimeter, but I do all the time. And it's part of my signature. See? So when you look at my work and you go, hmm, this is kind of a wide angle environmental portrait. And, and now there's sometimes maybe I go a little bit, it's a little too wide. It stretches the face a little too much. Um, but I still like that. And there's some people that would never, ever even consider shooting a portrait with uh, a lens wider than 50 millimeter. But that's okay because that's the world we live in. We all like different things. And so I love wide angle. And then I love wide angle backgrounds. So I now just started uh, using the 11 to 24 millimeter Canon lens, the new one that just came out. It's an F4 lens, but big old honking piece of glass. And so 11 millimeter is like wide. That is on a full frame uh, camera, the 5D SR that I'm using. Uh, it is crazy wide and I love it. I love it. So let's talk about some of the, uh, you do workshops. So you also have courses online. Let's talk about some of your online courses and where we can find out about those. Well, um, my, my website is joelgrimes.com. That's where I kind of showcase my work. On there, there's a link that you can find. Uh, it says workshops, um, I think tutorials on there. But Joel Grimes Workshops, plural, .com. Joel Grimes Workshops .com is my blog that I have. Um, I have some free stuff on there. You know, I have, some, uh, I have some blog entries. I'm not very good at keeping up with that. But um, And then I have my cart where I have all my, what I call master series. That's my five main um, um, tutorials that I do that sort of encompass the Joel Grimes look. Then I have a start to finish series, which one day I thought, you know, um, people keep asking me, how do you do that? How'd you do that image? I go, well, um, all right. So I did a thing called start to finish where I, I, you know, I say, bring the model in, we shoot the whole thing. Then I go back, retouch it. And so you see the process from start to finish. I don't necessarily go and talk about, um, you know, extracting or cutting out a model. I do that extract during the process, but I don't spend an hour just talking about extracts or an hour talking about retouching, you know, skin retouching. So, um, so I have that series and then I have, uh, people keep asking, I can't attend your workshop, but, um, um, you know, I'm in another country, whatever, but, um, can you, can you, can you tape a whole workshop? So I did that. So I have a complete two day workshop. I think six hours of, uh, training, uh, that someone can click on and they kind of get the workshop experience. Yeah, I know. It looks great too. I saw your graphic work. I really like the branding that you've been coming up with lately. Yeah. Well, and that's a part of the thing I just did this week. Um, I brought uh, Bob Fuller at Fuller Creative. Uh, he's been um, my sort of my graphic designer for years. Um, he did the blog and um, the branding on that. And so we just did a tutorial. I'm calling it a start to finish but it's how to build a promo mailing campaign. So how to build a promo piece from just using your printer, Canon printer in my case, and then paper stock and you know you you know you build this whole mailer right there in your home or in your studio. And then I we talk about obviously how to how to market in my uh, tutorial called Thriving in the Marketplace. But really people kept asking me, how do how do you build a mailer? And so I thought I'd do that. So Bob, I flew him out from Denver. He actually, being the designer, he designed up all the templates to be able to go and print out this. So you build a, uh, uh, an envelope, how to build the, um, the design of all the little pieces that go into it. It's like a little folder that, you know, these little beautiful little images flip into. And so we uh, hopefully I'll be able to re release that soon. 
that start to finish on on a, on how to build a promo mailing campaign. Okay, so your sites are joelgrimes.com and then joelgrimesworkshops.com. Yes. And then you have some speaking engagements coming up in the next few months as well. Well, I'll be in the Netherlands. Um, uh, let's see, I think two weeks. Um, I have a whole list on my blog of my events coming up. I do Texas school. Let's see, I'll be at uh, Georgia school. Um, I'll be at the uh, Shutterfest. Shutter, Shutterfest, Shutter. Yeah, I get all these names wrong. First time <laughs> there. Um, yeah, I have a whole list. Uh, obviously, Photoshop World. Um, I think I'm into tech school. That's a big event I do. Um, and then with Canon, now that I'm a Canon Explorer of Light, they also have me going out to different uh, uh, venues. I just spoke at NAU up in Flagstaff at their photography department up at the uh, their college up there. Um, yeah, really fun stuff. I actually love speaking live. That's that to me. It's kind of like the, the I love to engage with people and. Um, I did, you know, last year I did the Kelby One Tour. So I, was, I did, I think, 10 cities, 11 cities. Um, that was a lot of fun. So, yeah, it's, it's when I get live, it's kind of, I kind of, I'm kind of in heaven doing that. But it is takes its toll on you, too, in terms of traveling. And so I'm learning that. And you also have courses on Creative Live and Kelby One, I believe. Yes. And all out there. I mean, you, know, you probably saw some of the framed, um, framed uh, network uh, stuff that they did. Um, let's see, trying to think. Oh, I also have coming up, um, it's going to be uh, six hours of tutorial training that I, that we, we, we filmed last summer, all of me on location, no studio, no composites, all me on location. It's going to be uh, released here, I think in about two weeks. Um, and it'll be, uh, mz.com. The Monty Zucker. Uh, yeah, Jeff, okay. Yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah, MZ. Yeah. yeah, so that'll be and the end of February. It, yeah, it'll be on my blog too. So it'll be okay. linked. I'll go to MZ, and that's me strobing outdoors, portraits, um, using ND filters. I'm actually doing HDR strobed portraits. I'm doing some crazy things, all on location, and so that should be released here soon. That's a fun series. So if you had one tip to pass on that somebody's maybe a part-time photographer and they want to sort of try to go full-time, what would that be? Well, there is absolutely no um, um, getting around the fact that to be really good at anything is a huge investment of time. So when it comes down to learning photography or learning how to juggle, if you want to learn how to juggle, you start with, you know, one ball, two balls, ten balls. You get to ten balls eventually. You know, you throw a, a bowling ball and a bowling pin and a, you know, a whatever. You watch these guys juggle. How do they get there? They practiced. And they practiced more than, you know, 99% of the people on the planet. That's how you get to where you become one of the best in, in what you do. And so, you know, we have all this online training. And I have, you know, training tutorials too. And so do you. And that's great. And we live in the greatest age of photography, the greatest age of learning. Uh, you can, what today, someone can learn in two years easily what took me 10 years back, you know, in the old days to learn in terms of skill set. And so we're in great times, but there's no shortcut to practice. Repeating the process over and over. So I grab anybody I can, bring them in, do a test shot. And so the secret is, if I, the more people I bring in or get in front of my camera to do a test shoot, the better I get. 
So I always say that um, the reason why I'm up in front of people speaking is because I just put more people in front of my camera than 99% of the people on the planet. That's the secret to my success is I have the tenacity to get someone and work it out to where I get someone in front of my lens and I practice. And you play the guitar, I play guitar. We know that the more hours I put in, the faster or the better I get at, at, at playing the guitar. And if you remember when you had to learn a chord that was like you had to stretch your finger and your little pinky's like way out there and you get a cramp on your hand because you can't hardly make that chord. And you think, how is it possible to sneak that chord into my song, right? You're playing all of a sudden, oh my gosh, my hand doesn't work, right? And so you do it one time, 10 times, 100 times. You do it a, a 300 times and eventually you play that song and boom, your hand goes straight to that chord and no problem, you make it in time and get you know on to the next chord without you know breaking a sweat. And that's because you practiced it. And so that's what I say. Uh, there's no shortcut to just, you know, you got to practice. Yeah, that's a great tip. I know it's, uh, I guess some people think that there's a shortcut maybe to it, but uh, no, it's true. And what impresses me about you is your, your work ethic. And you must be very disciplined and you must work long hours, I would imagine. Well, I do, but you know what? Um, we're, I'm still human and I'm 58 years old now. I mean, I, I'm not 25 and uh, I get, you know, young, someone, young person that assists me. And I ended up, you know, beating them into the ground. They get exhausted and they go, how is it you can move so fast? You know, how is it you can work so long? <laughs> well, it's part of it is the tenacious you know, personality. But I know that you know, if something has to be done, I do it. I don't sit around. I don't wait for it to happen. And um, uh, so it's part of my personality. But, yeah, I work hard. Uh, but there's times, sometimes I say, oh, I need a break. I want to just sit back and do nothing. You know, I mean, there's times I get like that. But, uh, yeah, I have a good work ethic. Yeah, that's awesome. I just want to say thanks because uh, you're a huge inspiration to me. And I've, like I said, I've watched all your videos. So to actually talk to you and ask you questions, it's super cool for me. But I just want to say thanks so much, Joel. Thanks so much for listening to Shutter Slams Photography Tips with your host, photographer Craig Bechta. We'll see you next time.